Hi, everybody. This is Cameo Sabodka. And this is Kaylee Weiss. And you are listening to Selling Crazy. Hi, guys. We're so happy to be here. We're excited to record. And it's actually another day in Oregon where the sun is shining. It's really nice outside. And <laughs> I was just getting ready for this. And I was like, it's not sunny where I am or wasn't. I was like, Cameo can't say that this time. And then look, the sun came out. It's like it's like it, I channeled it. I manifested the sunshine. Thank you. Kaylee, can you the light manifest? is beaming behind you. I look like you look an angel. Glorious. You literally look like you're glowing. Sun looks good on you, sis. Can you manifest some like 80 degree palm tree weather? That'd be great. You know what? We're going to be there in three weeks. So excited. Yeah, guys, we are headed in three weeks to Chandler, Arizona for the Flourish event. April 20th through the 22nd. It is not too late for you guys to message us and join. Come meet us and say hello. Spend two days networking with amazing women in the industry. Let them pour knowledge into you and help you build your business and just really build your, even your personal life. I came back just like energized and excited. Can't wait for that. And maybe a little vitamin D. Yeah, we have a pretty sweet little house we rented. We have a pool. Can't wait for that. It's going to be fun. It's like a all-week slumber party with my friend. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. And guess what? It's a write-off. Heck yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, today we decided that we have had some questions about how do we overcome some common objections in today's market because there are some ones that are kind of classic and they've always been around and they always kind of will be but we have some you know and that are unique to our markets with it being low inventory with houses so we decided to try to tackle five five objections in today's market yes and i mean you can apply these to other markets too but this market is so hot and i think very competitive so it's good to just have these in your back pocket. So I remember a couple weeks ago, I text Cameo and I was like, oh my gosh, I had an issue and I need a response. And I didn't have like the response in my head. So I was like scrambling. And so Cam helped me remember a few things. And so now we're here to remind you. So you have these in your back pocket. If you do, you know, talk to a client and they bring up one of these or all of them. Yeah. So, I mean, and these are not unique to, to, to Oregon. These are going to be, these are going to span whatever state you're in. I mean, obviously yes. within your own guidelines, but these are just kind of like, there's always a way to say something, right? Like when you're asked a question in order to highlight who you are and what you bring to the table, not what you don't bring to the table. So we're just going to kind of dive into it and then see what we can kind of, what we can come up with. So what's objection number one? Objection number one is when you're meeting with a potential seller or a seller that you know is going to work with you and you're going over the listing price and they just want to max it out and do it as high as possible. Oh, so we've talked about this a couple of times before and we've had some really great stories about this. You all know that I'm really big on signing a waiver if people won't see the voice of reason, right? I think I can see them laminated behind you in your office, all your waivers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are. I love a good waiver. And I think that it's not just to cover my, my booty. It's also like later, often people forget that it was their idea and they pushed it. Either they forget because life is busy or they conveniently forget because nobody likes to, to be wrong, right? Right. And we're not in this to try to like win against our clients, but we are in this to be we're in this to get them the very most money and position their house in the best way in order to maximize the dollar amount. And that doesn't mean pricing it at the top of the budget and then or over what it's worth just to weed people out or just to see what you can get. I've had a seller say, let's just price it here and just see what happens. I've heard that. And then in two weeks, if it's like, if it doesn't sell, then we'll lower it. So when that scenario comes up, Kaylee, do you have something that you like to say to them? Because I do. (laughs) Well, I like to build in the price reductions into my contract so that it's like, okay, seller, you want to list 50,000 over what I think it's worth or could get or will appraise at. All right. But we're going to build in these every week or two. If the market, you know, is hot enough, if it's still sitting, we're going to lower it. Yeah. But 
Yeah. I just hate that though. Like don't I hate it price too. it like that in order to just see what happens. And it's like, okay, cause we'll lower it because something happens. So there are three things that sell a house. There's price, there's condition, and there's location. So if you price it too high and you only have a few showing, you're probably going to hit the market and only have a few showings, right? And no offers. If you price it too low, you're going to hit the market get way too many showings, way too many offers. And then it's like, it's kind of overwhelming, right? Right. So you got to find that sweet spot, right? Where you're getting like, it's getting the exposure, it's priced in the right place, but it's going to get the kind of showings it should. And it's going to get the right amount of offers. I like to tell them that, look, if you do it and you price it way too high, because I'm telling you not that I think this or I feel this, but that the data says... The numbers don't lie. The numbers say that it should be priced within this range. We are pulling the same numbers that appraisers are pulling. So the house has to ultimately appraise unless we get the golden grail of a cash offer, right? Ultimately, it has to appraise within this. Buyers can offer whatever they want, but the bank's only going to lend on its actual value. So I say, like, we these. this is what the data says. This is what where the sweet spot is. If you are going to price it too high with that strategy and it sits on the market for two weeks in a market like this, buyers think something's wrong with it. Exactly. Agents think something wrong with it. And even when you lower it, it may get sent back out to people, but they don't. sometimes they don't look at it the way that they did before and they feel like it's got something wrong with it, whether the sellers are hard to deal with or there's a problem with the house that nobody's really telling you about. So it kind of puts your house in a negative light. I think also if you list it too low, people think, what's wrong with it? Yeah. And some agents do that just to generate multiple offers. I get that. But I don't think going so low that it, you know, raises questions is very smart. You have to like use the data and price it right. Yeah. You got to lean hard on your numbers. And I think for the most part, with the exception of just a few sellers, when you are, when you come to your listing prepared, like I don't like to provide like concrete numbers on my first listing, right? I like to kind of know what it's worth. I like to go talk to them, really listen to their goals, ask them, you know, kind of where they see the house being priced and pivoted so that I know what I'm dealing with. I have a general idea based on a comp comps that I run before I go, what it should be priced at. But again, it's all about condition too. Um, so you got to see the condition of the house. Like they might've done updates, but did they do the updates? Did a contractor do the updates? That can mean really different things. Mm-hmm. You with your trained eye are going to be able to, to tell, like you're going to walk in and go, this house is going to fly off the market, fly off the market because it's just what they did all the right updates. It's just what everybody wants. Or you're going to know like oh, that bathroom they did. Wah, they're the wah, only ones in the wah. world that are going to like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So once I do that, I kind of have an idea before I even go what it's really actually worth in the market based on the numbers and the data. But then whenever your clients are asking you like, well, I think it should be priced for this and you are saying this. No, I'm not saying it. Right. It's not us. The data is saying it. The numbers are saying it. Yeah. The numbers don't lie. (laughs) A thousand percent. You're right. The numbers don't lie. So if you are really leaning on that and not using words like I think or I feel or even like, even though it's true, in my experience is not a good phrase like I think because when you have a seller that you feel like is pushing you, use the numbers, blame it on the numbers, and then really explain to them that like, they can want what they want, but ultimately it has to appraise. Right. And you got to get buyers through the door too. And they're not going to come see it if it's like crazy. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that you can put into practice right now too. So I mean, you could be listening to this on your way to a listing appointment. Make sure you have the numbers. I mean, don't go blindly into a listing appointment and just say, oh, well, let me get on my phone real quick and see what I think it's worth. No, you should come prepared. I think that's one of the biggest things that will set you apart is yeah. having the numbers. Make sure you have the numbers. <laughs> Kaylee is right, you guys. Like, And I'm sure that you all are, but go prepared. Like, Do your homework. This is a big deal. I go to every listing appointment with the full intention of walking away with a signed listing. Like, You should be fully prepared with all your documents, your data, your information, like whatever presentation that you put together to highlight just what an amazing agent you are, you should have all of that ready to go. You don't just saunter over and just kind of be like, it's cool. I'll just walk through and then we'll chat. And I mean, 
maybe you have a great rapport with, and we're talking about meeting just clients that maybe you don't know or that, I mean, always be prepared, but sometimes you can be more casual if it's a list like clients you've had a long time. But I always recommend showing up prepared no matter who it is. Be ready, be professional, be the person who knows the, the correct data and has the numbers and you are the professional. Excellent. I think that goes into our next question. Ooh, what's our next question? What if you're in that listing appointment and it gets down to the commission breakdown and they are like, ooh, and they make that sound or a face or, you know, something. They feel uneasy about that. No one, you know, loves talking about money that they're going to be paying out. <laughs> they don't, you know, necessarily want to, but. Right. So that's really uncomfortable. And I have been in many- I'm like uncomfortable bringing it up. I feel like- I know. You're like wiggling around. I look uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wish you guys could see Kaylee. She could barely I, get that out. Like, I'm super glad you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> barely. She could barely, barely say it. So I have had sellers straight up be like, why should we pay you this much? Like, yeah. we only want to pay you this much. And like, basically, it's like, I'll paint the scene for you. They write it down on a piece of paper and slide it across the table. <laughs> and I'm like... It's like a mafia meeting. I think you left out a number before that, sir. Like, <laughs> I think you left out a couple zeros. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely didn't get that right. So, like, are you saying, like, overcoming an objection, like, why you're worth why you're worth the money. I think it's like, why should I pay that when, you know, XYZ brokerage or internet buyer brokerage that is very popular here in Oregon says, you know, I'll list for 1% or 3%. And it's like, okay, did you read all the fine print? Because a lot of the times those internet buyers or, you know, websites that will buy your house really put that number out there to entice you. And then it's the Mm -hmm. fees tack on and tack on and tack on. And then it, it's not worth it. It's more in your best interest as a seller to use someone rather than just a company or an internet buyer because they're just going to tack on the fees and they're not going to give you the service that we could. Yeah. So I, so, I mean, you bring up a lot of things. There's all these discount brokerages for like 1% and then you get through the end of it and you've paid close to three because it's all hidden fees. So that's one thing. And then here's another thing. Like I got lots to say about this, but I'm going to start, I'm going to start by like, I'm just going to say something really quick because I want to it to be like, so Kaylee can remember and we can do this. There was recently a real estate or or, I'm sorry, a mortgage uh, banker who posted an entire like Facebook post about why real estate agents work so hard and why we're undervalued and why people should stop asking us to reduce commission. And it was so intelligent and so beautifully said. And I texted that to you because it was like amazing. And I think we need, let's, (laughs) let's share it on selling crazy. Let's, let's sell it on the Let's put it on the social media. I can't talk yeah, today. Yeah, I'll put it on Facebook and Instagram. It was so yeah. amazing because that was a situation where I was like, it was Yes, you messaged two me and asked. Yeah, it's two sellers. They're roommates. One of them wants to use me. One of them wants to use his brand new agent friend. Great. I love that you're supporting your brand new agent friend. But, you know, we were talking about the commission. He goes, yeah. oh, well, she's only going to charge this. And it's like, okay. And I, I usually I have like a clapback answer. It's like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. but I, I couldn't even think for a minute. And I'm like, oh, and he was so abrupt. He's like, nope. And I'm done. And he like, didn't even give me a chance to say anything. And he walked out of the room and like left the house and his roommate was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I said, fine, give him a little bit of time to cool off. I'll text you in a little bit. And so I immediately got in my car and I was like, Cam, I, mm-hmm. I know in my head why I'm worth this number, But I remember seeing something that she posted. Could you send that to me again? And she sent it to me and it was amazing. It breaks down everything. Sometimes you just get caught off guard, especially when people are just really abrupt about it. Because I think some people, when they get the courage enough to kind of like try to get you to discount or, you know, something to that effect, they get really abrupt and they just say it. And it kind of comes across aggressive. I don't think it's because I'm saying they're aggressive people. I think it just takes a lot of courage to get there and then they just want to get it out. So it comes out like, whoa, like, oh, it's at you. So, I mean, we're going to post that because it was just beautifully said. But then I kind of want to like, I want to redirect because I had a thought. But so you get what you pay for, right? In like every single aspect of life. And if you want to get a discount agency, you're going to get a discount listing. And people are like, oh, well, no matter what, who I list with in this market, I'm going to sell my house. You're right. You probably are right. But I can tell you 
that an agent who knows what they're doing and is correctly marketing your property and leveraging their network is going to get you more and not just more, but better terms than someone else. And that is a thousand percent the truth. So like, there are things I do in marketing my listings that I know for a fact other people don't do. And a discount agency certainly isn't going to do that. And so I remind them like, I'm part of two MLSs, twice the buyers see your properties. I am connected with a network of producing agents in my area. I know this this like discount agency is not. These people are immediately going to see your listing. Like you are going to have another professional agent on the other side, which means it's most likely going to close smoothly versus derail 30 days in. Exactly. So remind them of your value. Remind them that you're a professional. Remind them as listing. I mean, you provide upfront all kinds of expensive costs that they don't have to incur, right? You're doing listing photos, you're doing marketing, you're hosting open houses. You might be getting, I don't know, sometimes I help my clients get their properties cleaned. I do things like that. I do staging. Um, I know Kaylee does staging too. So that's highlighting your house in the best way possible. I've seen listings where agents just went in and took crappy cell phone pictures and they didn't stage it and they didn't do anything. And yeah, the house sold, but I'm gonna guess that you could have got a lot more for it. Yeah, that's the thing in this market. Any person with a pulse and a license can go in, take pictures and sell a house. But it's the level of professionalism, the smoothness of the transaction, the negotiations are super important, I think. I mean, a discount agent or someone, I mean, I understand throwing a bone to a friend who's new at, you know, real estate, but the professionals who've been in this industry and have seen a thing or two know a thing or two about negotiating the best scenario for you. And what this, you know, other agent didn't know on the other side was that the seller had already told me they need rent back, they need X, Y, and Z. And then that person on the other side had no idea because she didn't ask the questions and didn't know to ask the questions about this market. So you're going to get what you pay for. A thousand percent. I mean, and look, as I tell this, my sellers, and this is going to go hand in hand with maybe our next one, because we're going to talk a little bit about for sale by owners. But I tell them like, you are, and Kaylee said something too, you could piggyback right after I'm done, because your statement was so like, so accurate. But like this market, like when in your world and when in the world are you going to sell something more expensive than your house? Your house is probably going to be the highest ticket item you ever sell and probably the highest ticket item you ever buy. So as a seller, why would you want somebody who, a professional who's going to discount themselves greatly, who doesn't value themselves to show like, and if they're willing to discount like to a bone dry rate or something ridiculous, then they don't see the value of what they bring to the table. If you are going to sell something this big, get the best, get somebody who's very good, who you, you like their past marketing, they have good reviews, you feel like the presentation that they sent, they showed you really highlighted how they're going to make your house stand out. And as agents, like, know your, know your worth, like what you're bringing to the table. And, and, you know, we're speaking like, oh, experienced agents, we do like, you do learn a lot doing deals and you do learn verbiage to help maximize things your clients need. But if you're going to use, if you're a new agent, you want to find a brokerage that's going to teach you and mentor you. So you want to be somewhere where you're constantly learning these things and where if you have a tricky situation, you have a class you can go and learn or you have a mentor that you can talk to. I just think like you're going to have so much more value so much faster if you're constantly educating yourself on these things. Yeah, I agree. And if someone is willing to discount their rate, what else are they going to, you know, shortchange you on. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of feelings about it. I think, you know, I recently had one of our new people ask if they should discount their rates in order to like get clients and start building clients. And my response is always like, is that the precedent you want to set? Do you want to set it up that you're a discount agent? Because that's, it's going to follow you. And you aren't a discount agent because you're in a brokerage. It's going to teach you what you need to do to put these listings out and get top dollar. So don't sell yourself short. The amount of time 
paperwork. I mean, as a seller, you set yourself up for shouldering the entire legality of doing the transaction wrong. When you have an agent, they are the ones who are taking on that responsibility. So that alone, it's like, why would you ever, why would you ever want somebody who isn't like, you don't feel is like a great agent? And why would you ever try to do this on your own? Like that goes into our next question. Segway. <laughs> for sale by owners. Oh, Lord. So <laughs> Cam like needs to take a drink of water real quick so she can like get ready for this. I know. I need to wet my whistle. I have thoughts <laughs> on it, but not as much experience. I just, I don't tend to tackle this hurdle just because I don't want to. <laughs> I know I should, but it's just not my wheelhouse. Yeah. I used to do a ton of for sale by owners. I actually really like for sale by owners because yeah, it's really hard to get your foot in the door initially, but I feel like, I feel like once they, they just get a taste of what it takes to do it, they're just like, Ugh, I fear I might have bitten off more than you could chew. Made a mistake. <laughs> exactly. And again, this market is, is so like hot right now that you probably could throw your house on and sell it yourself. But I'm going to tell you this. What is this t- the statistic on it? We just had it. It's like having an agent, you'll get at least 10 to 30% more yeah. on average than you will selling it yourself. Exactly. I think that's the biggest, biggest thing is like what we talked about before we got on here was you wouldn't go to trial for murder representing yourself. I mean, this is like very extreme. I mean, unless you have like... Unless you're a lawyer. Problems. <laughs> And still then hire a professional. They know what they're doing. I I love, I love that you said that. Like you said, unless you're a lawyer, but lawyers would tell other lawyers, don't do that because the emotion is there. Don't represent yourself. So I'm going to use the same thing because when you sell your own house, you tend, there tends to be a lot of emotion. So when someone says, I don't like this, or they, they make a statement about the house because you're talking directly to your buyers or they want to repair and they don't like something you, I've seen so many times when for sale by owners constantly have a contract and then it gets falls out of contract because they get pissed off and defensive. They let emotions take over. They can't see the forest for the trees. That is what we are professionals. Like we buffer in between the agent and I talking to each other are not emotionally invested. This is not our house. We're just professionally trying to get the best that we can for our clients. Does that get heated? Sometimes. A little bit. But for the most part, like... (laughs) In a good way. (laughs) Yeah, we are not emotionally invested. So we're able to take like all the feelings out of it, right? And we're able to just get the very best that we can for our clients. So, I mean, the realtor is going to get pictures they're going to market to multiple MLSs. Like, so these are all things I tell for sale by owners. But how do I get, how do you get your foot in the door, right? Because that's the hard part. And right now it's like, I know that these people are being flooded with phone calls and letters and such and such. But I've always had really good, really good results in just asking to host an open house. So I just say, hey, can I host an open house? Like, all I want to do is just come in like, I'm going to hold your house open. I will answer questions about it in hopes that I can get a buyer. And sometimes they're like, no. And so then I just prepare a packet on how I would do an open house and some information about the house that I've pulled from the county, just some stuff that's really super helpful. Sometimes I'll do little flyers, but leave my marketing off of it because I don't want to be affiliated with the house until I get the listing. But I give them all this free stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I totally understand you guys take this and use this. I have an entire like for sale by owner packet that I give. It's like beautiful. It's got like my picture on it and it's got a bunch of tools for them. A lot of which you can get out of ladies real estate in Canva. Just a little plug right there. Yep. And I will give this to them. And I'm like, you know what? It's totally okay if you don't want me to host. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you the best of luck. If I have a buyer, I will try to bring them. I think it's a beautiful house. And I drop it. I leave it. I might check in like a week later and just be like, I hope that you were able to use the packet. Let me know if you need me to print you anything else. And I leave it. I think that's super smart. And people call me. People call me when things are not going well. People call me. I've had people call me and say, well, we are under contract with this agent, but it's not going well. Like, not that they're under contract, like they signed a listing, but they have an agent who brought, who's representing the buyers. And now this agent's pushing them around, right? Who's going to stick up for you? You don't know how to stick up for yourself. 
I will. I will stick up for you. And you guys, you can stick up for them too. So you have made yourself a valuable resource to them. They're calling you and saying, what do I do? And obviously you can't rep- you can't tell them what to do because you don't represent them. But what you can do is say, gosh, I really wish I could help you. I'm so sorry that's happening to you. Did you want to meet? And potentially we could send a listing agreement and I can step right in and make sure that everything's taken care of. Bingo. They do need help. So there are ways to get in there. Again, you guys know probably by now that I'm a little bit of a soft sell. So I, if I get a no directly, I usually find a go around just to continue to kind of like be like, I'm here. <laughs> Remember me? <laughs> but that's just me. It's me. I'm, I'm here to help you. I'll provide some value to you. And I mean, it's not often that I get brought into a transaction after it started, but it has happened before. But usually when you're helping them with marketing and they're seeing like, wow, look what she's doing. And you're going to stand out from all the other agents that are just bombarding them with phone calls and just dropping their cards off at the house. And just, it's real. Yeah. And they can get overwhelmed with that. And maybe they even initially just want your help navigating like, okay, what do I do if this agent says this and they want to listen? It's like, okay, you know, this is what I would do, but let's meet. Talk but about. I can't advise you. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You have to be really hands off. And then there are some sellers who just want to pay you a flat fee to put it in RMLS. And you have to be really hands-off on that as well. Oh, there's all kinds of legalities on that. Yeah. It's it's a tricky situation, but try to be as hands-off as possible until, you know, you can finally get a meeting to meet with them about po- possibly listing it. Get a listing signed. And then you can jump right in and just take over. Yeah. I guarantee that if they're calling you with questions and they agree to have you come over and talk about possibly listing, you're probably in the running to get it. Yeah. And guys, show up prepared. Have the listing ready to go and get it. Try to get it signed before you leave. Yeah. I would say print out the contract and have it ready to I go. I do. Yeah. thousand percent. Like I've taken my laptop. I've... I have taken my laptop and my laptop wouldn't work. And so now I take my laptop and I print a copy because I will never be um, like caught in that situation again. Mm -hmm. Because the best feeling in the whole world is like not somebody saying I'm going to list with you, but somebody signing to list with you. Exactly. That is the good stuff. So you guys can do it too. Just, you know, take some tips from that and then just be like yourself. and And Ladies of Real Estate has a really, really nice listing presentation, a couple different um, versions of it. You just put in your information, you put in reviews, you put in who your team is. If you have a TC and a um, escrow officer that you use, you put it all together. It looks very professional. Mm -hmm. I actually use one of their templates for that as well. And I add my own stuff into it, um, like a pre-listing packet and all that fun stuff. But there are things at your fingertips to help you. It's all about smarter, not harder. Oh, a thousand percent. And then it's like, you just want to look good, look polished, look professional, show up ready to go, show up ready to sign that listing and um, be the go-to resource. Yep. All right. Did we have another one? Um, The seller who doesn't want to list their house until they find another house to buy. This is a good one for this market. Which I hear a lot right now, just because it's like, it's a domino effect. Once you, you know, start getting your house ready, you're like, okay, I'm prepping my house for this, but I don't want to list it yet because I want to find one. But it's like, is your offer on that house going to be strong if your house isn't listed yet? Chances are no. (laughs) So I, 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 okay. So before we get started, I have like a question because I've heard this like from three different sources, completely separate from each other this week. One, I heard there's an there was an agent who told a lender, like, I will not even write offers for buyers that are contingent. I refuse to take on clients who are contingent. I refuse to write offers for them. And I was like shook, right? Yeah, that's a bold, bold statement. Because I have two or three in escrow right now that are literally, we're selling a house, it's contingent. It's a domino effect. It's a, it's a balancing act. But so one, I had not heard that agents are not even taking those clients. I haven't heard that either. Two, I heard that builders are no longer accepting offers that are contingent. I have run into that. And and then I heard just another random person say, I was told that, oh, four of them. Another random person that said, um, a real estate agent said they won't take me because I have a house to sell. 
And I was like, but I will. I will now sell your house and I will now help you buy it. That's insane. It's it's insanity. And then this morning I got a call from one of our brokers who has clients who have signed a listing. It's in pre-status, but they literally will not make it live until they find a house. And she's like, how do I overcome this objection? So we get it. It's a common objection. And it's totally justifiable. It is very scary, the idea of selling your house that you actually, I mean, you like your house, you're comfortable, you have a house to live in, selling it or listing it to sell it before you found another house, especially when there's like low inventory, right? Right. So we get it. We get it. But Kaylee, do you want to tell them why like they have to leap in order to... Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> number one, <laughs> if you're going to make an offer on a home, I always tell my clients, make sure at least we're ready to go. And then before we make an offer, we'll make your house live in RMLS. Because at least that, if they're dragging their feet like so hard, that's like my last ditch effort to make it work. Because if an agent looks at multiple offers for their listing yeah, and they're looking at all these offers, all the notes, all the terms, and one of them is super strong, but they don't even, they have a house to sell, but the house isn't even on the market yet. That bumps it down a few notches They're not and even gonna doesn't look make at it. it as strong. No, I mean, they might, but they probably would be like, nope, let's throw out all the contingent ones. Uh, yeah. It's hard. It's a hard thing to overcome. But I think just if they are digging in so hard, I say, okay, let me get it prepped. Let me get it ready. And then before we submit this offer, let's push live on this listing. That way, at least the other agent sees it's in RMLS. And likely it'll be pending in a couple of days with this market. Yeah, no, that that's good. Like, I mean, I always tell my clients, like, look, when your house is not on the market, but you want to offer on their house, you're asking them to take a big leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no skin in the game. Like, you need to show that you have skin in the game and that you're actually serious. And so for me, I'm like... In order for you to nail down the next house, you have to take the leap of faith and list this house. Now, there's things I can do to help you to make sure that you're more comfortable right. and that you know that you won't be homeless. There's ways to make it not as scary. And I think a lot of people right. just don't know about these things. And I, I don't know if it's not being explained to them or agents or there. Look, like they just don't want to deal with the hassle. So they're not taking on these clients. Call me or Kaylee. We will help you. I'll, we'll help you. <laughs> All day long. Right. So... I tell my clients, there's lots of things that we can do to build into the contract. Your buyers that are offering on your house, we will tell them that it is contingent on getting through the appraisal period of your next house. The house that you're buying, contingent on the sale of this house, meaning that you need the proceeds, you need the money from your current house in order to buy this house. I mean, those are two points in a contract that are at the very end, which means that we've almost gotten through the entire transaction and you're basically at the closing table. So there are ways and things you can do. There's also loan programs now that are, lenders are getting so smart. Mm-hmm. Lending is getting like, it's catching up with, you know, what's happening. And there's things like bridge loans, right? Yep. Which I need to get even more familiar with all this. But there's bridge loans where they'll basically like give you the funds for your house so that you can close on another one without it being contingent. It bridges the gap. It bridges the gap. And do you want to tell them, like, there's lots of creative things we can do with occupancy? Yeah, I mean, rent back is super popular right now and very common. And a lot of buyers are offering a couple weeks, a month, maybe at no charge. Three months? Three months. I mean, I saw someone who had six months and they got half of it for free. That's money in your pocket that you aren't spending on a mortgage after you close, which is great. Um, you can save up for like the new couch for your new house. There's so many things that you could do with that. Yeah. But rent back is huge. We can make it so that, you know, if you don't need a full week or so, possession can be a couple days after closing. That way you have time to move out and you're not scrambling to move and get everything loaded up and moved out by the time five o'clock on recording day rolls around. It's, yeah. I mean, we can get creative. I mean, th- there's, there's one I'm doing right now where it's like, I help them get into a house, like, get locked down on a house that they want to buy. Our house went on the market like the day after because we were waiting for pictures and we had planned on doing it later, but they found the house and they're like, Cam, this is the house. And I was like, okay, let's go. So our two-week timeline got bumped up to like two days. 
and we got it on the market. We had buyers, you know, coming and looking at the house, writing offers. And the buyer's agent calls me and says, hey, what's your situation? Which is so smart. What's your client's situation? What can we do? And I said, this is their situation. Like it has to be like contingent on us getting through this appraisal period, which is the end of our stuff. And then, you know, they need two weeks to move because they don't want to be stressed out. And there was a couple of other little things, but she's saying, yeah, no problem. We really like this house. We're happy to give your clients two weeks free. Let's work together for a nice, smooth close. And everybody so far, it's moving along just fine. And it can happen. And that's a good tip for buyer's agents as well. Call the listing agent and ask what does the seller need? Yeah. What's their situation? They couldn't, they could probably just need nothing. They are great. They're good to go. They've already moved out. But oftentimes they are in a situation like this where they can't buy until they have an offer on their house and we need to get creative. And both parties really want this to happen. A lot of buyers are being very, very generous and accommodating. <laughs> yeah. So just talk with the other agent and be an approachable listing agent. Don't, you know, but I have a tip for that. Okay. What's your tip? Because there's so many, like, yes, there's so many buyers right now who need houses. So when you list a house, sometimes you can get overwhelmed and inundated with phone calls, phone calls, text messages, which is fine. But the thing is, is as a buyer's agent, and I do buyers and sellers, so I have to do this as well, read the listing. Yes. I put everything that you need to know until you get to the point where you're about to write an offer that you need to know in there. And there's nothing that's as frustrating as getting the same question. Like this morning I woke up, I had like 30 texts, like, you know, at requests, like questions about this house. And it's like 15 of those was in the listing. listing. It's like, have respect for the listing agent, actually read the listing before you start shooting off your questions. And I have been guilty of being on the road or busy and not doing that. So I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm like, Let's just do this together. Make it easier for everybody. So those are some actionable ways to move your client from A to B, reduce their stress level and overcome that objection because it is scary. It's super scary. Yeah, it's totally, totally scary. I mean, but you're there to help and facilitate and, you know, be that person that your sellers and buyers rely on to navigate this. And that's why they use this in the first place. Yeah, you're a professional. Which brings us to... The last question. <laughs> what is it? Did you like that segue? <laughs> Which? What? <laughs> um, why choose you over another agent? It is so competitive out there right now. There's so many yeah. agents. But why should someone use you? So I think we've talked about a lot of it already, just kind of in reiteration. But why should somebody use you? Like, you need to sit down with yourself and ask yourself, like, what sets me apart? What do I bring to the table that other agents aren't bringing to the table? And then you need to be able to professionally like show them and articulate that. So like what kind of agent are you? And I think maybe it's a twofold question. It's yeah. why use you? But also if you're a seasoned agent and you have friends looking at how busy you are, they might say, oh, well, you're too busy. Why? Well, I don't want to bug you. Oh, it drives me nuts. Why should I use you over another agent who isn't as busy? So it's like a twofold question. How about that? Okay. Let's add to it. Let's add more layers to that question. Why not? I like layers. So in regards to being too busy, like we are never too busy for you, right? I've had people be like, well, you seem to have like a lot of listings going and a lot of like buyers. So maybe I should use somebody else because I don't want to like stress you out. Stop okay, right there. No, <laughs> immediately no. Immediately no. You always call you me. I'm always available. <laughs> Kayleen, I will always help you. Um, and, and I say to them like, Okay, most of the time when people see one of our signs in the yard and they call about it or their agent reaches out and calls about it, they are not going to buy that house, right? But you can say, oh, well, I have this other house and I'm going to send you this information. So someone who has like, you know, lots of signs in the yard is busy. They have a good network typically, right? So they are able to, if this isn't the right house, push you towards the right one or provide different options. Also, I found like, you have systems in place, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're doing all this business, like you know what you're doing. Like you are seeing the trends in the market. You know what's happening out there. You know how things should be priced. You know the verbiage that we need to use sometimes changes like with our market, right? Mm -hmm. If you are approaching an agent who 
does plenty of business, they're probably going to understand the trends in the market and they're going to be able to help navigate you through it. So what do we say to our newer agents who feel like maybe this is only like, you know, one-sided? I mean, a lot of the times my social media looks busy um, because I'm on there, but I schedule things and I automate things. Mm -hmm. So I think as a new agent, get into a place where you're comfortable automating posts. Um, I wouldn't say like fake it till you make it, but make sure you show up every day so that it looks you know, like you're busy. Maybe you're not super busy and you're in the stage where you're building your business and you're like reaching out to people every day. Post questions on your social media that people can interact with. That'll get people talking about you. If you're going into a listing appointment and you only have a couple listings in your pocket that you've done, really hone in on what you did to sell that house for the top, the top, top topest dollar. That's not even a rip top. The topest dollar. I really want topest apparently. The top, <laughs> tippy top dollar point for them. Show your marketing. Really make sure that you have reviews from your clients in the past because that's going to play a big part of it. They want to hear yeah. from the people you've used in the past or that you've helped in the past. So really like build that listing portfolio with useful information that will help shine that was like a weird word that just came out help shine a light on your like (laughs) your I don't know what you can do for them shine right it's toot your own horn time basically and that's a that's good I mean I mean honestly you should become a master at saying what you can do not what you can't do right because I think especially some of what I'm coaching like newer agents a lot of times I'll say like, so what do you say then when somebody says to you like, oh, well, you're new, like you've never handled this. Like, are you sure that you like, why would I choose you? And they start like, they kind of regurgitate what that person said instead of just coming out and saying, well, I am a newer agent. Like I have plenty of time to devote to your listing. I sold this listing and I sold this for this much over. And I did that because I have a great brokerage behind me that helps me make sure that I'm pricing it correctly in order to maximize dollars. Like you flip the conversation. Exactly. Like you don't highlight what you don't have. You highlight what you do have. Mm-hmm. And I think like as a newer agent, and you brought up a good point, like showing up on social media and being present and, and putting out energy that you're working and that you're closing houses. Maybe sometimes you're not necessarily closing houses and that's okay. Because what you should be doing if you're not closing houses is you should be getting in front of people and talking about real estate. And you should be taking classes, like be a part of a brokerage. We have amazing education. Oh my gosh, If you want to know something, like you can find it within our brokerage and within like our world. There's classes every single day. Our brokerage alone has classes every single day. Like if there's a niche that you want to get into, get into it. Like this is your time to learn and then get on social media and say, just took a great class. Yeah, share what you're learning. Yeah. Maybe you're trying to get into crypto and NFTs and all that. Maybe you don't know it, but there's a pocket of your friends that really want to get in on that. And they want to use this crypto that they've had since 2009, building and building and building to buy a house eventually. And you just need to show what you're doing. If you're learning a ton, oh my gosh, just took this class. It was so fun. Here's some information I just learned. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Post it. I mean, work your sphere and tell them what you're doing. Yeah, tell them how, ex- I mean, share your excitement and and let people know what you're doing. There was an agent in Arizona that, that Kaylee and I, we kind of follow some of the stuff that she's done and she was a newer agent and she wasn't selling houses, but she started doing like new construction tours and luxury housing tours. And so she's showing everybody this and people start to perceive her as like a new construction luxury agent. And guess what? Along the way, she's learning a ton about this. Like she's seeing the pricing, she's seeing what they're selling for, she's seeing the developments. And so even though she's maybe not doing the transactions yet, because she ends up becoming that, you know, she learns like what that market is like and how to where where the best new construction is the new construction that's coming up like so she may know more about that than some seasoned agents who don't have their they're not out at the construction sites twice a week they don't have the time to do it so she's yeah using that time she has to become an expert in a field that she wants to be an expert in yes that is amazing it's so powerful so leverage your time if you're doing something, go out and show people what you're doing. Include people on the education that you're doing. I mean, those are super valuable ways. You can become a niche agent and an expert agent in an area 
sometimes before you even sell a bunch of deals in that area. Like if you're learning and you're really trying and you're doing more than like people who don't, you know, maybe have time to specialize, you can become the specialist, right? Exactly. And I mean, it's hard for me personally to really talk about what I'm really good at during these listing appointments for new people that don't know me. Like, why should I use you over this other agent? It's so hard for me to get out of my own head and really say, all right, I'm good at this, A, B, C, D. Like I give them this whole thing and it's like, it's so like not my thing, but this is your time to shine. It's your time to show them what you can do and how you're going to sell the crap out of their house. So don't feel bad. I mean, it's, don't feel bad. Like you are working hard. (laughs) I know it is so hard. I mean, it's really uncomfortable. We're not really built to be like, walk in and just be like, I'm amazing. And this is how I'm good at this and blah, 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 blah. But like, you got to be ready. Like, I mean, first of all, read the room. Sometimes I don't go in and some people don't, they would be weirded out. It would be weird if I started talking about all the all the right. ways. There's a time and a place in the conversation for it to come up and it comes up naturally. It does. And so I definitely take time to read the room. I listen more than I talk and I hear what their goals are, what it is they're looking for. I feel the kind of personality they are and the energy that they are. I think it's important to learn to do some mirroring whenever you're at these listing appointments to kind of like feel out people's energy. And then Kaylee's right. There's a time, sometimes I have to be really aggressive and and highlighting like what I'm good at because that's the personality that I'm with. I'm they I they have to believe that I believe it. And <laughs> I do, but I'm just like her. It's like not gonna be this natural progression where I just come in and like throw confetti up in the air and start talking about <laughs> how I'm gonna market your house. So I mean some of the best appointments I've had have been like I show up and I'm all dressed up and it's like I walk in and the lady's like, oh, my God, sorry about my dogs. And there's dogs jumping on me. And like she's like throws a glass of wine in my hand and is like sit at the bar and like their kitchen bar and like hang out. Where are those clients? (laughs) I know. It's like some of the funnest things. So come to the show. I'm sorry. Come to your while your showings too. Go to your showings. Go to your listing appointments, you know, ready to succeed. Putting the image out that you want to put out. Be prepared. And then listen. If you listen to the clients, you're going to find out if they're the right energy and the right fit for you, and you're going to find out what they need from you, and then you can let them know like your style and how you're going to get it done. Yeah. If it's meant to be right, it's going to happen. And if it's not, don't worry about it. There will be it's more. Okay. Better get it's back okay. into your manifestation bubble and start manifesting yeah. better clients that put wine in your hand and have dogs <laughs> at the listing appointment. Attract the energy. I mean, be the energy, be yourself. And then you'll attract the energy that is supposed to be with you. And we always say yes, that. Be I mean, yourself. Be yourself. You guys are all awesome. I mean, and it's so cool because like I get to really, we have a lot of new agents that come on and I get to meet with them. And it's like, they're really different and they're really cool. And I get to just, I can visualize like how they're going to be their own unique, like awesome agent. And Kaylee, I if I that. wasn't a real estate agent, I would 100% hire you. I would 100% hire you too. Thank you. I'd be like, I'd walk into your house and your dogs would jump on me and, and you'd I'd give me put a glass, a glass of wine, wine in <laughs> and hand me a chicken. And I'd be like, this is the I mean, best place the chickens ever. and the dogs can't be in the house together, but you know, okay. we'll figure well. it out. <laughs> it's funny. Like I was just thinking about like the very first time I was introduced to real estate. I was seven and my dad sold our house for sale by owner. Oh, he did. I just remember him like making the sign holder, like the mm-hmm. thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? Because he's a very good woodworker. And I'm like, ooh, this must be something really fun. He goes, no, I'm putting a sign on it to sell our house. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know agents existed. I'm sure he didn't get as much as he should have. But <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely using me when they sell their house this summer. Uh, but, yeah, they are. You know. But Your I remember dad that. probably had like... It was probably the, like the era whenever like a buyer would drive by and they'd stop and they'd chat and they don't have a loan. They have no intention to buy. So they ask your dad for like a week to get like talk to a, their banker. Mm-hmm. And then your dad's like, yeah, I won't sell the house to anybody else. And they shook for hands. For a week. I'm sure. And they shook hands. And that was it. And that was it. And then they probably drafted up something on a napkin. <laughs> no, probably not that bad. <laughs> uh, my mom's pretty OCD. I don't think it was a napkin. It was probably like graph paper or something crazy. But... <laughs> oh, that's graph paper. That is graph. so funny. That's fancy oh. to me. 
that is, I mean, things are different. <laughs> things are definitely different now. The 80s so. were a wild, wild time. <laughs> they were a wild time and a lot safer to just try to do a handshake and a smile. It is not like that anymore. No. I kind of wish sometimes it was, but then I'm like, no. I don't like touching people's hands. Do you wish that, like, the internet would crash sometimes and, like, we just have to go back to, like, like you know, a phone with a cord in the wall? Yes. Do you remember, like, a few months back when, like, Instagram was down and yeah. everyone had a fit? And yeah. all I did was read this one story or post over and over and over again. And I'm like, <laughs> it made me turn things off, go outside, and just, like be in nature. I think we need that like a pause button once a week. I wish the internet and TV wouldn't work and we could just go. I I mean, not, maybe not TV, but like just the <laughs> internet would go down. Our phones well, would go TV down. My TV is my internet. I stream I mean, everything. <laughs> and then like people like have to like leave you a voicemail, but it's a voicemail like in a, what was an answering machine. Answer. Yeah, in an answering machine. What was that contraption called? <laughs> I was like, I can't, the box with the voices. The box you know? that talks to you. <laughs> And then, like, you leave and you go out to dinner and, like, nobody knows. Like, they leave you messages at home and you don't know about it until you get home and you decide to press the top button and listen to these messages. And they don't know that you've heard them or not. No. And you sometimes don't even know who calls when they call you. You don't know. What a wild, crazy time to live. Like, no wonder there was less stress (laughs) in the world. I'm like, let's go back. Let's, like, hashtag. Take me back to the 80s. Back to the 80s. Back to the future. <laughs> oh my goodness. As okay, we're well, like we're, daydreaming. <laughs> we are daydreaming. So we are rabbit holing now. We're just like chatting. Sorry. So we we just hope that we like these are some common objections. If you guys want to message us any other objections, there was some that we were like left off the list because we're like, this is gonna be enough. But if you are encountering problems in your business or something that you keep bumping up against and you aren't sure how to phrase it or word it, or put it into, like, action, send us a message. We'll cover it in an episode. Yeah, I'm going to let you guys in on a little um, secret. Cameo is who I go to. (laughs) (laughs) So if you ask me a question, I don't know the answer. Uh, I'm going to be getting my answer from Cameo. Oh, my gosh. You always know the answer. You're just always in a situation. I do. I just need, like, you to confirm that I'm not like spacing out and I actually do know what I'm talking no, about. No, I think most of real estate, like when you don't get it, is like is like regurgitating it to another real estate agent. And so yeah. you hear it out loud and you're like, okay, never mind. That's yes, it. that's what I meant. <laughs> so she does know how to do it. She I does do. Sometimes... I just need my little cheerleader to really tell you, me, you girl. know this stuff. Knock it off. I got you. I'm like, this is what I would say. I love it. Protect that client. You got it, girl. So if there's, <laughs> yeah, if there's other objections that we haven't talked about, maybe it's an objection that we could do an entire podcast on. Um, let us know. Yeah. Just message us. Yeah. You can We're email us. Sellingcrazypodcast at Gmail. Instagram is at selling underscore crazy. Uh, Facebook is at selling crazy podcast. Get a hold of us. We're so happy that you guys came. Thank you so much. We know you're busy for taking time out to listen. Uh, we love you guys and we appreciate you. And remember that you are always enough. <laughs>